The following audio is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that this recording will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. suffering uh, a journey that is constantly changing and is intensely traumatic for them. The Apostle Paul, which sits somewhere between the traveller with which to and the refugee, I'd call him a sojourner. To help with travel fatigue, they say, one of the things you can do is to slow down to spend a good period of time in one place. Find an ideal, ideal place where you can really relax and rejuvenate. Eat well. Sleep well. A kind of life doesn't seem to attract to this, doesn't it? The life of the, the sojourn of this person. According to the Bible in 1 Peter, chapter 2, Peter refers to Christians as sojourners, as foreigners, as exiles in this world. So how do we as sojourners deal with fatigue? How do we deal with the, the fatigue that our sojourn can, we can expect to have on us? In fact, how does anyone in this world take with a different up? and down so we can expect life to throw them away. We pick up our, this morning, Paul has travelled from Athens, about 80 days or so west to the city of Corinth. Corinth is the largest city in Greece. It's the third largest city in the Roman Empire. It's a major centre of trade because it's sort of Provided a shortcut for traders to take their wares from the Asian industry to, to Rome in the West. Where Athens was a hub for modern thought, Corinth is a hub for modern living. It's known as a place of culture, of business, but of immorality and idolatry as well. When he gets there, Paul bumps in with a couple of tent makers. He finds them and he, he works alongside them. There's Christian Jews, no doubt, who have been kicked out of Rome because of the upheaval going on there, the ruckus that was going on between the Jews and the Christians. Claudius says, Get out. And Aquila and Priscilla go to Corinth. Tent makers. Paul, too, is a tent maker. And so he joins them in their trade and spends time with them. Paul's supposed to be waiting for Silas and Timothy to join him. Instead of sitting on his hands, he, he gets busy. He gets to work. He works with his hands to put 
food on the table and clothes on his back. But he also works with his mouth to share the message of Jesus with everyone who will listen. He shares the message of Jesus during the week in the marketplace where he works. He shares the message of Jesus on the weekend in the synagogue. He's persistent and he's consistent in his witness to Jesus. Therefore, he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath trying to persuade the Jews and the Greeks. When Silas and Timothy eventually arrive at home, Paul intensifies in his gospel work. And as the gospel work intensifies, so does the persecution of his gospel work. Paul was responsible for sharing the message of Jesus. But he was not responsible for whether or not people would receive that message of joy. See, Paul can't take the credit when there is success and people take the message to heart and believe in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Nor should he take the blame when people reject his message, when they reject the word of the Lord. That is the same day you can believe a horse can walk Paul's responsibility as a Christian is to faithfully share the message of Jesus. During the week, he wasn't just a tent maker, he was a Christian tent maker. And on the weekend, he wasn't just a rabbi, he was a Christian. So whether it was a weekday or a weekend, Paul was sharing the message of Jesus. I wonder how do we treat ourselves? If you are a follower of Jesus, are you a resident in an aged care facility? Or are you a Christian resident in an aged care facility? Are you a teacher? Or are you a Christian teacher? Are you someone who works in a factory or a warehouse? Or are you a Christian who works in a factory or a warehouse? Are you a student? Or are you a Christian student? Are you a spouse or are you a Christian spouse? Are you just a friend or are you a Christian are you a volunteer for the weekend? Are you a Christian volunteer for the weekend? Sharing the message of Jesus is supposed to be part of the everyday life of the Christian. Is it part of yours? Are you open to being part of yours? Sharing the message of Jesus with people is not just for the paid Christian worker. It's not just for people in churches or missionaries. It's not just something that is done in church buildings. It's done by everyone. So when Paul is booted out of the synagogue, he goes next door to the neighbor's house. 
He's sharing the message of Jesus, something that he's done here in Sanctuary. He's done across the back seat. It is done in workplaces. It's done on football fields. It's done in supermarkets. It's done in universities. Because Jesus is a message that is to be shared, not a message to be shut up. It's a message to be proclaimed, not a message to be put away or tucked away. By the end of verse 8, it appears that Corinth is going to be sort of typical of every other city that God has visited. Seems to have the same routine. The usual routine for Paul was step one, enter a new city. Step two, go to the synagogue and share the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Step three, after having some success there, get a Jew and kick out of the synagogue. Step four, share the message of Jesus with non Jews. Step five, after having some success, get a Jew and get kicked out of the synagogue. Repeat. See, for Paul, success, ridicule, and transition is part of everyday life. Come verse 8, we expect the same thing is going to happen, but no, it doesn't. Verse 9 and 10 change everything. That's going to be our focus for today. These verses introduce us to the notion that life is taking its toll on Paul. That Paul might be suffering from sojourning to Verse 9, the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent, for I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you, for I have many in this city to our nation. When we read about Paul's missionary service, must admit, I can slip into thinking that Paul is like some kind of super soldier. He's getting battered from pillar to post, and he can say, it's all right, I can do this all day. Often I don't consider what effective mistreatment must have had on Paul. Emotionally, physically, what would it, would it have done to his See, on his first missionary journey, Paul was driven out of society in Antioch. He fled for his life from Iconium. He was stoned and dragged out of this trip. And now on his second trip, Paul has already been beaten and imprisoned in Philippi. In Thessalonica and Boreas, Paul escaped that physical abuse to buy the barest of margins. In Athens, the public mocking of Paul continues. So now when he arrives in Corinth, Paul is a man of fear, of weakness and of trembling. He says this in the in his letter back to the Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 3. 
Paul is weak and afraid. He's standing on step number five and he's at the end of his life. I wonder if Jesus appears to Paul in the vision. What do you think Paul might like Jesus to say to him? Say, okay, Paul. Have a good quiet with the world. And maybe, but Paul, just focus on you for a bit and you can take Or maybe, would he like to hear Jesus say, you know what, Paul, it's okay to be in the moment. Go in and see the spot. Sample the pleasures of hope. How do you feel in your living as a witness of Jesus? Can you relate to Paul? Do you feel you have that sojourner's fatigue? What would you like Jesus to say to you right now? Take a listen to the world. Have a holiday from the mission. Just do some sightseeing for a while. Sample the pleasures of the city. Jesus doesn't say that to us. But what Jesus does say fuels Paul's resilience and rejuvenates his commitment and his love for the message. See, Jesus is not oblivious to Paul's fears. He's not oblivious to Paul's emotional and physical needs. Jesus assures Paul that Jesus is present there with him. He assures Paul of his protection of Paul and the productivity of Paul's labor in the gospel. First, he assures him that he will be with Paul. He says, Paul, I am with you. That phrase, I am with you, is a phrase that God uses throughout the Old Testament to encourage his people, whether it be his prophets, the armies of Israel, the people of Israel. Often the Lord comes to them and says, Do not be afraid. I It's a phrase that Jesus uses when he commissions his followers on their mission. He says in Matthew 28, verse 20, he finishes his commission with these words, Behold, I am with you always, to the end of the world. Knowing that Jesus is with them should help Jesus' followers to see their lives in light of the big picture of God, in light of the eternal purposes of the Lord. It should help Paul not to focus on his own loneliness and the challenging circumstances he finds himself in. It should help him to realize that Jesus is present with him in his circumstances. Paul does not have to escape his circumstances. To find the Jesus. Jesus meets him there. 
broken heart, Paul needed to hear Jesus say, and today, friends, we need to hear Jesus say the same thing. So how is Jesus respond? There's a, a couple of ways you can say Jesus respond. If Jesus is with Paul in a physical sense through his Holy Spirit, he says, I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He lives with you and will be with you. Jesus is physically present with Paul through the Holy Spirit, but He is also we call him an empathetic sense. Jesus also knows what it is to suffer physical and emotional abuse. In Matthew 26 and 27, Jesus is betrayed, abandoned, rejected, beaten, ridiculed, and shamed. Jesus knows what it is to suffer physical and emotional pain. Jesus also knows what it is to be tempted. Mark 1, verses 12 and 13 tells us that the first thing that happens to Jesus after his baptism is the Holy Spirit leads him out into the wilderness to be tempted for 40 days. The writer of Hebrews says that we have a high priest who is, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness. We have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we have, but he did not sin. In saying to Paul, I am with you, Jesus is saying, I am here. But more than that, he's also saying, I do you, Paul. I understand what it is for you to be going through what you're going through right now. It's not just Paul who Jesus is with us. See, he's promised to be with us too, and he is. Jesus emphasizes with us in our weaknesses. And when we want to give up on our circumstances, he empathizes with us in our sorrow and in our pain. He empathizes with us when we are tempted. He is despised and rejected by many times. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. And that man, that Lord Jesus says, I am with you. not just a message to Paul. Jesus' message to the world, isn't it? It's a world gripped with loneliness, suffering, and brokenness. Jesus' message is, I am with you. Jesus, the Son of God, becomes God in the flesh. And as God in the flesh, he enters into our world of sorrow, suffering, and pain. 
and taking our sin and shame upon Himself. He goes to the cross and dies. He does it so that His death would be the death of sin, shame. It would be the way to forgiveness for us. It would be the way to the grace of God. I am with you, Jesus says to Paul. I am with you, is what Jesus says to us. Jesus is with us. That is our message to the world. Tells us that, as Jesus says, there is a harvest to be done. We've got work to do. We've got a message to share. Jesus doesn't just give us a task and send us on our way. He says, I am with you. Let's go. Are you suffering from sojourn with the Lord? Let me encourage you, don't be quiet. If you have fallen silent because of fear or fatigue, Jesus is with you. So come and meet yourself. If you have become discouraged by your circumstances or the needs you, you can see are overwhelming you, Jesus is with you. Too. Look outside yourself. See his greater purpose, his eternal purpose. If you feel alone or isolated, Jesus is with you. And he has you surrounded by many people, by a community of people who are here to help and to work in. Jesus' message is you are safe. I am you. Or you might say, Thank you. We thank you for your words of compassion and care for your people. We thank you that you are not the hard taskmaster with gripping hands that has no heartbeat for your people. We thank you that you know what it is to suffer physically, emotionally, to want to give up. To be tempted to take another path. Well, thank, thank you that you are with us physically through your spirit. I thank you that you are with us in everything. Well, I pray that this will be the case that this too will give us fuel for resilience in our lives. That it will rejuvenate our commitment and our faith in you, and that we will become a people who, whether it be a weekday or a weekend, that we are your men and women with a message of hope 
a message of love and a message of grace in this world already. Thanks for listening to this audio from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.